0: Love, talk Radio. Did you know that everyone is born with psychic abilities? It's just a matter of knowing how to tap into it. Wouldn't it be great to have a podcast that can help? This is the Psychic Inside Show. Joel, the Vibrarian, on a higher frequency, is on a mission to elevate enlighten and empower we're all born with gifts and abilities but not all of us recognize or accept them hear from people who've opened up to the psychic inside you'll hear their fascinating stories and we'll take a peek behind the veil plus psychic readings and more our phone line is open dial 646-787-8436 that's 646-787-8436 This is the Psychic Inside Show, and now your host, Joelle the Vibrarian.
1: Greetings and hello, welcome to this evening's episode of the Psychic Inside Show. My name is Joelle, and I'm the Vibrarian. I am here to elevate, enlighten, and empower, and one of the ways that I do that is Bringing these stories from amazing people who have opened up to their psychic gifts and abilities. Now, I believe that everyone is psychic. You just may not recognize or realize it. And when I have these conversations, it's with the intent that you will find or hear something that might strike a chord of recognition in you and make your journey a little easier. So I'm here on the Vibrary Collective Network on Blog Talk Radio. You can call in live during the shows at 646-787-8436. If you have a question about the guest and their life, please press the one that lets me know you want to come on the air. Sometimes we do have readings from our guests, and those happen in the second hour of the show. If you're interested in having a reading, we will get you on during that part. And, of course, you can tune in to the chat on the Blog Talk page. You can find us at The Vibrary on Blog Talk. And if you're catching this on one of the replays, and you might be finding us through iTunes or Amazon Music Podcast or on the Vibrary YouTube channel, However you get here for these conversations, know that I deeply appreciate you, and you are going to hear something that is meant for you to hear in the right and perfect time. So tonight, I'm super smiley. I hope you can hear it in my voice, because my guest is a sister friend. I have not met this phenomenal woman in person yet, although there is a trajectory for that to happen. But it is a lady that I was connected to through uh, the gram, okay, for Instagram, for connecting communities. So one of the things that struck me, my first introduction to the guest was through her amazing and jaw-dropping mandala artwork. And I saw like this like street level huge mandala art installation that she did and I was like wow and so from that point forward I began to follow who is known on Instagram as naked lady mandalas but here tonight um welcome you Melanie Brewer to the psychic inside show hey Mel (laughs) hey Joelle how are you tonight I'm super happy. You know I am because we've been wanting to have this conversation for quite some time. (laughs) For a couple of years now, we've been connecting through community. And can I say your mandalas that you create are stunning and that is an amazing artistic gift to embody. So kudos to you for sharing your visions with the world.
2: Thank you so, so much. It's been such a journey, like, taking the mandala red and growing from, I felt like a kindergartner doing it the first time. And now, like, being able to paint them on the walls and everything is just really a cool experience to see the growth in myself and then in the artwork itself.
1: So how many years have you been drawing
2: mandalas? October sixteenth, 2017 was the first time I ever... And that was a year to the day after quitting bipolar medication. And I just Googled how to draw a mandala one night when my husband was working as a bartender and he didn't get home till two. So I'd like clean the whole house and then have all this extra time and just wanted to do something creative with the time. And mandala called out to me and that was the first one looked like a five-year-old drew it. And then it just got better and better from there. Wow.
1: I mean, and
2: I mean the
1: beauty, the symmetry, the patterning that I've seen in your mandalas and, of course, mandalas in general as a form of creative expression is mind-boggling for me as a person who can't even draw stick figures. So you're saying that in, what, seven years? I'm I'm bad at math, right, but so... uh, (laughs) Five years, six years, you've been uh, growing in specific work with mandalas.
2: Yes. I have also been asked many times to draw other things, and I am not very good at anything else, just mandalas. But there's something with the patterns that just clicks in my brain now, and it's, like, become this other force in my life, I guess.
1: So you connected it to the experience of quitting bipolar medication, So what corollary do you think it had for you either uh, process-wise or was it a spiritual thing that you recognized at the time or or more like just engaging Um, focus as a way to start?
2: I honestly didn't recognize the date correlation until – it was a year later and I had like the memory come up on Facebook and was like, Hey, this is your first mandala." And I was like, that's really funny. Cause that was the day that I quit taking medicine and I knew mm-hmm. that date, but I never correlated it to that date until it popped up. And um, then when I looked back on it as this part of my life, I, I realized that like the medicine and that lifestyle of going to the doctor and, trying to, like, figure out what was wrong with me and all of these things was part of, like, a spiritual awakening. And when I released that and got, like, clean from a lot of that toxic substance stuff in my body and in my mind, it was this, like, point in time where I was ready for the next level. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So the... So...
1: Like, the mandala as... um an art form. Like did you ever, when you picked up that pen and drew your first thing, did you know you were going for a mandala or were you just like putting pen, mark, pen medium to paper and allowing something to flow?
2: I was like knowing that I was drawing a mandala and okay. a friend of mine had drawn one. Um, I was trying to like cover up a tattoo. So she drew me one to cover up the tattoo. And I said to her like a year before, I will never be able to do that. And I found that a lot of times when I've said I'll never be able to do something, then I'm able to do it later on in life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, uh, So with the mandalas, like, I just, that night I said, I wonder if I could draw a mandala and I YouTubed it. And so a woman came on and the mandala she started drawing was a five petal flower pattern that I had drawn my entire life, never Mm -hmm. knowing where it went after that. But it was started with five petals and she drew it exactly the same. Like I have it all in my notebooks from when I was in the sixth grade.
0: Wow. And, um,
2: Yeah, that's when it connected. I was like, holy crap, I've been, like, this was supposed to be happening all of these years. And I just didn't know to turn it on, like like a light switch almost.
1: Associate that drawing of the mandala, even as a child, with anything that would be deemed as psychic.
2: No, I had no connections Mm -hmm. to that whatsoever. There were times when I was, as a child, I would ask questions like, I wonder if this will happen, and then it would happen. But Mm -hmm. there was never a correlation between artwork and psychic ability at all.
1: Okay. Do you have a correlation of that now? Yes.
2: Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When do you think Definitely now.
1: Which
2: on for you uh that was definitely a couple years into the journey of mandala when mm-hmm. I first started it became obsessive and it was something that I felt like I needed to be doing all of the time and like something I'd missed out on my whole life so I had all this catching up to do and uh, mm-hmm. I would get lost in the mandalas for eight hours sometimes I wouldn't go to bed till four and then wake up with the kids at nine and ready to start the day just so I could get the time in to do them.
1: Mm. I saw images of, like, the impassioned painter who's up in the wee hours of the morning finishing the roof of the chapel or something, you know.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they would, like, call to me, too, like, in the middle of the night, you know, you should be painting right now. And I'd get up and go paint. Um, That's settled down a lot. It's not as strong of an urge anymore. But uh, I definitely try to do it at least every day. When you're in that state of creating,
1: do you consider it to be a spiritual channeling of shape, or is it more practical than?
2: It's oftentimes very spiritual, where throughout my my art journals, I will be journaling things that are coming into mind, and I will oftentimes channel songs for my songwriting in mm-hmm. on the backs of pages of mandalas. Um, sometimes I share those in the reel, like what there will be little blips of things that I've handwritten in, and that's something that I'm channeling while I'm doing the mandala process.
1: Okay. It's, it's just so interesting because art is seen oftentimes as not having boundaries or pushing boundary, pushing form. We've got abstracts and impressionists, right? But the opposite end of that is the sacred geometry and the precision of things like mandalas and, you know, Uh, sacred geometry, Fibonacci, and all of that derivative mathematically expressed uh, presentation. And yet, there is still so much freedom, even though it's very specific. Like, I think... As a child of the 70s, we had those spiral graphs where you could, like, put the tip of your pen in a plastic form and then run it around a little square or a little oval, and then it would make your little basic beginnings of mandalas. I think, for us. <laughs> yep. And I always found them so frustrating. I just could not get perfection. perfection task uh to to uh not be my my strong suit
2: <laughs> oh so i don't want you to feel bad uh my friend sophie um she got us a spirograph for christmas a couple years back and i couldn't use it either it was probably one of the most <laughs> difficult pieces of equipment <laughs> it's like it lives in the way for you huh Oh, yeah, it was definitely difficult. I did a, I think I did three spirograph mandalas for the girls uh, that Christmas because I just wanted to try it out and see. And so I made like the spirograph pattern and then spun mandalas off of it from there. But mm. that, that made mandalas so much harder. <laughs> right,
1: right. When you could just let it happen. I mean, oh, I yeah. think
2: it's, it's very
1: interesting because you, you know, you touched on this entering your life after a time when you had come to a big decision about a direction in your life when a person says <laughs> excuse me i'm going to transition on or off a medication profile you know protocol or away from something like major life moves to look yeah. back on the journey so many times we're in a position where we might be making decisions that might challenge those around us who think that we've lost it or we're just way out there and that something's not happening right for us, and that is what is driving our decisions. But I found that sometimes that is actually sometimes the most sane Whatever it is our soul is calling us to radically do is actually the most sanest <laughs> and healthiest mm-hmm. thing for us. So I, that was 2017 that you had that experience, but that was not, like, really your dark night of the soul or primary catalyst life experience. Would you, what would you rank that as, like, your primary transformation tower moment? My
2: Hmm, I've had a lot of those. (laughs) Um, I saw, so looking back now, like there was a time in 2015 where I was working as this travel nurse and living this life, and I came across two really horrific car accidents back to back. They were about 10 to 15 days apart. I don't know exactly. Um, The one car accident, the man lost his kneecap. We couldn't find it and his leg was partially detached, Um, and so I was directing the scene, teaching the paramedics as an ICU nurse at the time how to properly take care of his leg to try to save it so they wouldn't have to amputate, Um, and then the next one, a woman's car burst into flames, and I watched the whole thing happen. She hit a piling going 60 miles an hour down the highway on a four-lane highway, and she hit the cement piling for the overpass, and I was there trying to get her out of the car, and nobody was helping me, and it was like this really terrible experience. Um, And we ended up getting her out. She passed away. I had such terrible post-traumatic stress from that 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 began shifts in my life that led to where I was able to make the decision to go plant-based that then led to the ability to come off medication to then now drawing mandalas. There were all of these, like, catalytic points never knowing back then that that was taking me in a new direction or Mm -hmm. what that like direction, the journey that would come from that direction. But there were so many catalytic points throughout my journey that I can't attribute it to like one, you know what I mean? And having children Mm -hmm. like that was a huge catalyst moment in my life because that changes so many things and so many directions of where you thought you would be and who you thought Mm -hmm. you'd become.
1: Uh, That's just the gravity or intensity of all the things that you're talking about. A, like we hear about Chiron, the wounded healer, right, Mm -hmm. that enables one to be empathetic and compassionate with others because you can relate to having had to heal that yourself, right? Yeah, those drawn to the health and safety and rescuing, like you know, medical care people are signed on to do this. But that does not mean that there is not, as you said, a trauma impact. How could there not be to see such visceral reality of humanness? Yep, and to be expected to help it. <laughs> you yep. know. In in that moment. Like
2: in what were you like in your thirties, late twenties or thirties experiencing that? I'm having to count now. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it was twenty nine or thirty. Right who Scarlett prepares
1: you for that? What's that? Now, what prepares the person for that?
2: Um nothing because i had seen a whole lot of really awful things in the hospital system and the interesting thing is that those kinds of incidences have followed me my whole life so there was a time where a boy had a bike accident right in front of me and i watched the whole thing and was there to help assist the situation and he ended up being airlifted and in the hospital for weeks um, he was so badly injured. And so there's multiple experiences throughout my life where I I guess I was that wounded healer called to action in these circumstances. Um, when it came to nursing and being called to the medical profession, I really, I, I'm honest, that's part of the Naked Lady Mandala journey, but I didn't join nursing to care for people so much as to have a quote-unquote real paying job was what my parents told me. I wanted to be an opera singer and they told me mm-hmm. to go get a real job. <laughs> mm-hmm. And nursing was quote-unquote easy where you could make really good money and you worked a really easy schedule of 312s on. You could take six days off and do six 12s in a row. Like you could really have a flexible schedule, live a um, really like quote-unquote easy life. And so that was what signed me on to nursing. Through that, I really found that I loved caring for people. I was a wonderful patient advocate. I helped out in really difficult circumstances that most nurses don't see throughout their career. I would find these really horrific things happening around me that nothing that I could have prepared myself for or I didn't even know existed most of the time. And most of the nurses I worked with wouldn't have ever seen these circumstances happening. but i just i I guess, as part of that, like you said, the Chiron the wounded healer uh archetype within my life, it's always been a calling to just be there and help people, yeah, uh, and have
1: you had uh, past life regressions? I mean, do you have past lives in the same kind of healing service
2: um I did a past life regression back in twenty seventeen and was told by my higher self that I was in like an Amazon jungle type situation and I died in childbirth and watched the death of my self back then and learned about the baby that I had and that my mother, who was my aunt in that lifetime, cared for. And uh, there's been like similarities throughout this lifetime. And that was where I made the connection that there was some like, I was meant to be there to help these women in childbirth mm-hmm. so they didn't experience what I went through. There was a mm-hmm. lot of healing that came from that. But that was years after, like, I was no longer a labor and delivery nurse then, and I never made the connection while within the profession.
1: Mm-hmm. You talk about how unusual and being in the right place at the right time. It seems like a a, a job that you've done a lot Not just, you know, and also knowing what I know about you in terms of, like, your fierce advocacy for the little people or the least of these or the disadvantaged or the children or the elderly. I know that you are, like, ferocious tiger bear. (laughs) <laughs> you know, for the, for those things, and you'll stand on that hill and beat back all the forces with your last out, so it seems like that might be your a few times around the block doing this.
2: <laughs> it seems to be, because I seem to, like, be able to handle myself well in the situations, and I'm not, I don't have a fear around it anymore, like, I just don't mess with me, don't mess with my kids Don't mess with anybody else's Kids and we'll have a good day <laughs> Right So the term Psychic
1: itself Does that uh, Resonate as a term That you embrace Now I don't like labels
2: For anything I guess I don't because I feel like when we label ourselves as something, then we kind of limit ourselves to whatever label we've given ourselves. I believe like you believe that everybody has these capabilities. It's just getting our mind to unlock to the point of being able to obtain that unlocking. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so now there's a lot of times that I'm walking around and I can hear the thoughts in people's heads And I can feel the energy of the room, and I'm knowing that things are going to happen long before that they happen. But I just, I guess that would be considered psychic. I just don't, it is psychic, but I don't want to say that I am a psychic. Does that make sense? Yes. The (laughs) I am psychic part about, what about that? I mean, I'm just
1: curious because you're like very specific. So what about that does not feel Like,
2: because
1: you would say, I am a woman, right? Yeah, but, like,
2: we're so much more than woman. We're so much more than psychic. We're so, like, our souls are so much more than any of that, that by, like, well, then you're just a psychic. Like, what if you could be... right right. x-men version of psychic and you just you're not labeling yourself the correct terminology and then you never get to achieve it i don't know i'm weird about right (laughs) well no it's
1: interesting because the word even the word psychic that's why the show you know we i generally engage in this conversation because um the word has different meanings and resonance and vibration just like the word god or spirit Mm -hmm. Jesus or you know, like there like you said, people experience certain things very personally and being loath to apply a blanket definition to something is very understandable. Um, it's like the language of the extrasensory perceptions, as we used to call it back in the day, ESP, knowing what people are thinking, knowing what people are, are feeling when you walk into a room. Um I guess some people call it more like intuition versus Mm -hmm. psychicness. So you do those things that most people may not consider as normal, but you don't label it.
2: I don't label it, and I I believe it is like normal. It's supposed to be the normal, but because of programming.
1: The new normal because right?
2: programming because of all of the toxic stuff that's in our environments and in our food and all of those things like it hinders our capabilities. I, I was sitting there watching the sunset tonight and I was like, maybe the reason why I'm not levitating right now is because I think I can't. And like, how? <laughs> how can <laughs> I flip <get> the <that> <laughs> switch right?
1: And then next yeah. thing you know,
2: zoom, zoom. But like, it might take already, me a hundred years to get there, but I'm going to keep trying.
1: <laughs> well, that's the beautiful part about the soul. That it says it doesn't matter how many supposed linear years it takes for us to become all that we can become, but we as souls, we're going to just keep trying, right? Exactly. Which is, that's what exactly. a mandala is. A mandala is like, it can go into infinite expressions at oh, every yeah. level.
2: Oh, yeah. And I could put 30 more layers within the petals that I've already created. Like, there's just, it's completely infinite, just like life, and full of layers. It's all about Mm -hmm. the layers. (laughs) Now, in
1: terms of your stepping into being a healer for others, I know that you do, you've you've published, (coughs) excuse me, published, Uh, coloring books, and you host workshops for people on the the art of mandalas and self-exploration, right?
2: Yes. I've taught folks from the age of 4 to 80, and anybody can learn the power of mandalas. Okay.
1: And so... Was it just naturally people would say, how would you do that? And you would start having a conversation, and the next thing you know, somebody else is listening in, or did you have a desire to pass on the medicine that you had learned for yourself?
2: Um, I started knowing – that, like anybody could learn it when Scarlett started to learn them at the age of four and recognized mm-hmm. like she had to keep the symmetry the best she could and to like repeat the patterns and the power of it. And I was like, well, if I can teach Scarlett, I could probably teach other people. And it started that people were seeking it out. So they'd say, hey, Melanie, I have this art shop. Do you mind coming and teaching art classes? Hey, Melanie, it was the Arts Council. Can you come and teach mandala classes at the Arts Council? And so I was pulled into it whether I wanted to be or not because I remember really fighting, and I was very scared and hesitant and didn't think people would like me and that I wouldn't be a good teacher, all the things that hold us back in life. And uh, I was able to finally work through it, and now I just, I don't advertise, but when I'm called to do it, I step up and do it.
1: And you do community installations and body installations. And, and, I mean, I have to say I've received a beautiful shell with mandala energy from you on 222 2022 last year, which is part of oh, my that's
0: so crazy. cherished
1: uh, spiritual items.
2: Oh, man, so I was, like, reminiscing about a year ago, and I wondered when I sent that shell to you. And so you received it on 222?
1: Uh, well, you had labeled it on 222. Uh, that's what's written, not okay. inscribed on the back, but I don't remember what day I received
2: it, but that's it's forever on the inside. <laughs> so awesome. And uh, I was c- creating seashells mandalas when i was down in florida on 222 and so i find that really awesome that it's like carrying on through the years right right infinite
1: expression so uh you also so you put aside the early aspirations of being an opera singer but then it's come full circle because Uh, you said you mentioned that you hear and create songs and write music and you also sing.
2: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I started getting pulled into solo performing at open mic night at a little restaurant they have here on the beach that's been doing it for like 40 years and uh, was pulled up on stage kind of against my will, but I did it. And, um, that started it off, and so last summer was my first summer solo gigging the whole summer, um, Monday nights, and it was a four-hour gig. And uh, started writing music after three psychedelic mushroom journeys in 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that kind of opened and unlocked some creativity. I'd always wanted to write songs, but never thought that I would be capable of doing so. And after I did the three psilocybin journeys, in March, April and May, on the full moons those year, that year, and then August, I wrote my first song mm. and wrote 24 songs by January of
1: 2021.:
2: Wow, um, So it did. It popped the court right open.: It did. It just came out of nowhere. And so last summer, while I was gigging, it was awesome because my parents always told me that like being a musician isn't a real job. And one of the nights I made more money per hour than I ever made as a nurse.
0: (laughs) Mm. It was all in
2: cash tips. And I was like, this is amazing. My parents was wrong. (laughs) Right. It's so affirming, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
1: One of the things about where we are now is that we get to have the freedom of experience, right, to our previous generations, What they think we could do, it was the reality for them, right? (laughs) Um, Exactly. Instead of passing on the boundaries, I think the generations now are trying to pass along the freedom. And I know you have children, and, again, you're very much about them being free to express themselves without labels and without boundaries and to become their – Fullest of cells rather than thinking that they cannot do something or don't have the voice for or the talent or ability to do whatever it is that they might think they wish to
2: experience. Yep. I always tell them, just try it. Like, see what you're capable of. You never know what is possible. And that even goes for, like, my youngest daughter is heavily connected with nature and animal spirits and I tell her, like, touch the plant, feel the plant, see if you can hear, like, see if you can hear, feel if you can (laughs) hear what the plant has to say, (laughs) and uh, I talk about, like, fairy spirits, and they believe in Harry Potter and the possibilities of that journey, which I know is, like, conflicting in Christianity and all that stuff, but I don't I don't know what's possible or what we're fully capable of because I haven't seen the end game and nobody has. And so I never want to live it, limit my children. I tell them maybe we can fly one day. We just haven't unlocked it in our brains yet. Like I just want right. them to be fully open to experience whatever this world can offer us because it's the coolest video game that we're playing, man.
1: Uh, right. <laughs> it is definitely interesting when you get, I think when you get past the, the earlier traumas, the dark nights of the soul, the seeing things that the human mind is not really emotionally prepared to see and experiencing woundedness and harm that comes from the frailness of the human body. Yeah,
2: that part isn't the fun part, right? No, (sighs) but but, like that still goes on for me. Like, I got in a car accident in November and then Mm -hmm. got in another surfing accident just a week ago or two weeks ago, however long now. The human body's frail. That's a really good point. But the human body is also really strong because I dated a funeral director and I learned in the process that it takes two hours to burn a body to ashes at 1,800 degrees Celsius. That's Mm. so powerful because if you think of burning paper, like it's gone in a second. You burn a tree that's been here for thousands of years, it doesn't take mm-hmm. 2 hours to burn. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's just we're really powerful beings still limited by a third dimensional experience.
1: That's so interesting. I never heard that it takes that long. And I'm glad that you brought up surfing because, you know, I was coming around for it. One of the things that I think is like uber cool, dude, is that you are a (laughs) surfer girl and you go out there, a woman, a woman, right? Mother Ocean and a lady surfer. And you ride the waves that are out there with the sharks and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah. Hats off to you for your adventurous athleticism.
2: <laughs> if you would have asked me in 2016 when we first moved here, I would have told you I will never do what they're doing. <laughs> and here I sit doing exactly what I said I never would do and just fell into it by chance where a uh, dude I met at a surf shop said, could you put a mandala on my surfboard? I'll trade you surfing lessons. And that Mm -hmm. started my journey.
1: (laughs) Wow. So, like, what an energy exchange.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All my mandalas have been pretty much for trade, where really cool opportunities end up coming from what I've created. I don't want to charge money for it. I more want, like, I traded yoga being able to go to the yoga studio for free for a really, really long time, the guy said. And then he gives me a really good deal on bulk produce for our juicing business. So it all works out in energy exchange. It doesn't always work out the way we expect it to, though. Right. Well,
1: One of the things that you mentioned, touched on, and that I know also from our interactions is that looking at, like, your body sensitivity to medicines when you are looking at managing your mental, emotional state, and looking at your diet and then how your body, like, you've had significant, if you will, ascension symptoms through your physical vessel going through great challenges as part of your... <laughs> Caterpillar to butterfly <laughs> experience. Like your body has really gone transformed quite a bit.
2: Oh yeah. Um, before plant based, well, I broke my L1 vertebrae. I had a burst fracture and was in a back brace for six weeks and was close to surgery. Along with breaking my sternum in two places at the same accident with a horse fall. Um, and I was also in the ER back. I was 14 and had a ruptured disc that nobody was able to identify because our hospital there didn't have an MRI, and they finally identified it when I broke my back 10 years later, and um, so I've gone through those physical changes of dealing with chronic pain very early on in life, um, not being believed when I was told, telling people I was in pain, dealing with the pain for years, and never experiencing relief, um, becoming a drug addict from the pain, And then becoming this mother of three children that I had. so Lily was two and three quarters. Lulu was 18 months and i had a newborn baby, which God bless Scarlett. She was an accident. She knows the story of her birth and her journey here has been completely transformative in my life, Mm
0: -hmm. but it took
2: a lot of toll on my body. And so by the time she was um, turning two, I was 220 pounds. I was very pale. I slept 16 hours a day if I wasn't working. And when I was working, I was still sleeping eight hours during the day. Um, The sleep was never enough. I was very mentally unstable. I was not able to care for my children for long periods of time by myself because I was so mentally unstable. Um, I didn't really go out and experience nature. I watched a lot of TV and Netflix and stayed holed up in my bedroom because I just didn't feel well. And when we – I ended up having to go dairy-free that summer because I ended up lactose intolerant in July of 2016. And then after eating a giant goat cheese cheeseburger, which was absolutely – like, it tasted really good and I can still remember it. I was up at 2 o'clock in the morning the next – like, that night, and my neighbor was downstairs who was a vegan – and I said, God, I'm so sick and tired of feeling sick and tired and she said, Go vegan and I was like, That's not gonna do anything. I'm a nurse. I know how to heal people and that nobody talks about that. And she's like, Maybe you should start checking different resources than what you've always been told and I said, Okay and I started looking and by seven o'clock in the morning I'd made the decision we needed to go plant based. We needed to uh do it as a family because I knew I would fail if we didn't and I begged my husband I said after me trying all of these medicines trying to be here and be present and be with you guys because you don't want me to leave this planet I attempted suicide many times I was in the psychiatric ward many times um, I had multiple drug overdoses that I didn't tell my husband until years after I got sober and uh, had many near death experiences where I went to the other side and they t- said no you have to go back you have purpose and meaning here um, it took all of that and then finally made that decision, and we went plant-based September 12th, 2016. And by October 16th, I forgot my medication in Southern Shores where we were living at the time on the Outer Banks, and I was driving to Norfolk, Virginia, and I'd forgotten my meds like one time before, and I didn't die, and I was like, it's okay, you don't, we only had one car, so you couldn't even bring them to me. So I just made it through the weekend, and when I came back, I was like, I'll take one half of my lithium tablet so that I can just get back on course and it's not going to mess me up too bad because it would make me really groggy. And -hmm. I was comatose for 14 hours. Chris couldn't move me. I fell asleep with the girls at nap time. He couldn't move me. He couldn't wake me. He was very close to calling the uh,
0: hospital Mm -hmm.
2: and asking what to do the next day. And so I talked to my neighbor, the vegan, and she said, maybe this is a sign you should go off your meds. Which isn't always the best thing to listen to, but as a nurse and somebody at their wits end with all the crap that I've been going through all these years, I finally said, you know what, I'm going to try. And I didn't tell my husband that I went off my meds and I didn't tell my mother who ended up staying with us because we needed a car because I'd quit my job shortly after that. I didn't tell anybody. And it was three weeks later that I finally fessed up and said I've been off my meds for three weeks. And my husband and mother looked at each other and said, you have never felt, acted, looked better than you have these last three weeks.
0: Mm. And
2: they were blown away by the transformation. And that gave me the courage and the willpower to keep moving forward and to just kind of leave the medical system behind. And I tried going back into nursing after that, but recognizing how much changed for me with an incurable illness, according to the DSM-IV, which is your mental illness a book that they used back then when I think there's probably a DSM-5 or 6 now, Um, but it's the Diagnostic Manual of Mental Illness, it tells you it's incurable. It tells you it's impossible to cure people with bipolar, and yet here I stand unmedicated all of these years. I don't even take Tylenol or Motrin anymore for pain. I use turmeric. Um, I can count on my hand, one hand, the amount of times I've needed an anti-inflammatory in those seven years or six and a half years that it's been. And it's just because of, like, shifting what I'm putting in my body. So I don't remember where this was going. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, yeah, the body, you know, like you said, honoring the changes in how your body operated as part of your transformation. Uh, again, like, like so many people don't know. And through the wisdom of your hindsight of saying, as I look back on, this was connected to this, was connected to that, was connected, you know, and so it puts together a different picture than say a person who was at the outset of Recognizing that maybe they're a nurse and maybe they're emotionally taxed by the job more than most because they're realizing they're an empath and you yep. hearing you talk or realizing that food maybe I'm fatigued and I can't just eat what I used to eat. I wonder if right. That's why these yep. stories are so important. Especially if you're talking about mental health, because there's still such stigma about us being maybe unwell and unhealthy for ourselves or others. And sometimes it's just we're not understood versus being Mm -hmm. unwell. And a lot of the things like clairaudience, when you can hear spirit or clairvoyance, when you can see visions and physical things that maybe are not observed by other people, that can present some interesting experiences in the traditional mental health system, as I'm sure you can attest to.
2: Oh, yes. And I also can attest to that whenever we would have a full moon, it definitely changed things for people as well, including myself. So it's definitely an energetic it's an energetic shift to dealing with mental illness and dealing with the sights and the visions and all of the things that come with it. But maybe it's not mental illness. Maybe it's all of that stuff coming to the surface for us to just deal with and process and figure out and learn about all of this stuff. Because, like, if all of those things didn't happen, I wouldn't have figured out who I was today. You know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And, like you said, sometimes our language often is so narrow and fails us and things that we you know not even 50 years ago we would've been institutionalized just for even having this conversation, <laughs>
0: this conversation. oh yeah
1: they'd be like no choice you're going over to this little big building here and meeting these two burly guys in white uh white outfits <laughs> you know
2: oh yeah I went there. I thought that my horse could talk to me, and they sent me off to the hospital, and now I know he can talk to me.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the other thing I was going to mention. That's so funny. I love how Spirit does it because I was wondering if you communicate with your horse and or other animals as part of your healing
2: work. Are you like a a
1: horse whisperer?
2: I'm an I can connect with pretty much all of the animals and creatures and there's times where we found like bees in our house and I'm like, Oh, it's thirsty, he needs a drink, you give him a drink and he flies away. Like I just know it's a knowing when I have that connection. Mm-hmm. It's not like I hear their voice actually speaking but it's like a thought will pop into my head. Um, we just adopted a family mm-hmm. of five bunnies. <laughs> The Year of the Water Rabbit. The Year of the Water Rabbit, and it was completely unexpected. But I said, "All right, Spirit." I said, "When I saw all the signs, that I would know to take the leap." And sure enough, all those signs showed themselves. But that Mama Rabbit, I can hear all of her little thoughts in her head, and (laughs) it definitely helps. It helps us. and helps me teach the children as well, like that these are sentient beings. They have feelings, they have experiences, they have social interactions and they're able to grow up with a different perspective of what animal life at, at least used to be for me because I grew up on a farm. We butchered, we didn't butcher, but we sent the animals to butcher cows, mm-hmm. pigs. Um, we raised beef cows, most of my childhood and, so i've experienced that end of things chris and i met my husband and i met as um when we were goose hunting with separate groups of people (laughs) so uh i've had the full spectrum and the full viewpoint and perspective of animals and how humans have perceived them and then like the different aspects and the different ways that they can be perceived And that comes through being able to hear now and listen. And I didn't have those abilities until probably the last five years. Those clicked in for me.
1: And you became
2: aware of that.
1: I would definitely put forth the idea of you as an earth keeper in terms of how you show up in the world as a light worker because you're always out there and if you follow uh, melanie on any of her platforms you will get a beautiful connection to beaches and trees and animals and nature and birds and the sky and all of that and you're out there not just observing like you're advocating and picking up trash and t- your kids and you are going and doing conservative act you know conservation centric <laughs> projects and activities um that's just really seems very strong in your heart to to be caring for all of the living things of the planet
2: I would agree with you except I never saw it through that perspective until now so that's awesome thank you for that (laughs) yeah like you're
1: you're all about the animals and the nature I'll tell you that Um, and so people can catch you there in the Outer Banks like they can catch you do you put your music schedule on your website or mostly just through your social
2: channel i kind of post it through my social but i really keep it i'm not very sharing i don't like to share it so much because i've still i still have performance anxiety and so i just try to like tunnel vision it and be like just get out there play don't care who shows up um where i'm playing it's very busy already like they'll have an hour and a half or hour and 45 minute wait time before they're able oh, to okay. eat So there's already a ton of people there, and I kind of prefer that they don't know who I am while I'm out there playing.
1: (laughs) Uh, You like to just be the pretty voice uh, appearing from nowhere that they hear magically while they're doing their meal or whatever.
2: Exactly, exactly.
1: (laughs) Where's that angelic sound coming from? Oh, that little lady over there in the corner with her guitar. (laughs) Yep. Now, uh, you're so... The juicing business is also something that has emerged kind of like post-pandemic in, in terms of taking what you've done for yourself and your family to a larger circle of beneficiaries.
2: Yep. And that didn't even turn on as plant-based folks until January of 2021 when we bought our first juicer. So we'd been plant-based for a really long period of time. And um what changed it just changed our lives so much that I wanted to offer that to people, uh, in a bigger way, I guess. And so like I would make juices for friends here and there, but I wanted to offer more service to others as well as at an affordable cost. Cause here on the beach, you can pay $15 for a 16 ounce cold pressed juice. Mm -hmm. And I would never go out and pay $15 for any drink ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so now we've gotten our prices down to ten dollars for 16 ounces and if they bring us the jar back which is recycling and reusing and better for the planet then we give them a dollar off and so they end up getting the 16 ounces for way less than what they would pay from a regular storefront which i understand a storefront also has to increase their prices because of having to pay right. rent and all of those things but you, that's not catering to every population and i want to cater health and wellness to anybody and everybody Um, As best I can and I make juices for our neighbor and give those to her and she's kind of going through some healing times at the moment and so I just want people to feel good and I want to do it even if I just break even, but I would a profit would be nice, but it's never about the money for me and what I'm doing in this world and on this journey, you know. Yeah, well, uh,
1: energy exchange, you know, uh, is a beautiful thing. Because we're meant to be supported in all things, not just financial abundance, but abundance of joy, abundance of laughter and good times and uh, good, happy feels. While we're doing that thing that we know how to do, that's going to help other people. So I know when you're uh, got your kitchen whirring and scurrying and all your green, vibrant rain, your rainbow of earthen cornucopia. I know you're happy because <laughs> I've talked to you at different times and you're like in the midst of that or in the midst of your mandala art. That's like a real high vibe, <laughs> time to catch your energy for sure. Oh, yes. Now, um, on, you have a YouTube channel, and I will say that also for those who are interested in connecting, I find that you speak very authentically about, the raw and the real uh the good the bad the ugly the indifferent the middle you you know you, oh, yes. you show your emotions you show your anger you show your tears and you just keep it raw and
2: real <laughs> <laughs> that is a great way to describe it
1: uh <laughs> um, i just did you start that was... to like begin to share in public like that
2: It was the naked lady mandalas. It was burying my naked soul for other people so that they could heal on their journey and maybe take something from whatever I've talked about or said and apply it to their own life and learn through the experiences that I'm learning through. You know what I mean?
1: Mm
2: -hmm. So uh, I just wanted to be upfront with people. I'm not good at technology and trying to edit videos and stuff like that. I finally, after all these years, figured out how to, like, put pictures at the end, but I just am a mom of three kids living a really busy life and trying to, like, edit or apply makeup or put nice clothes on or do any of that stuff. (laughs) It's it's too much. So I just figure people should see me as I am and however I come across is how it was meant to be seen. I try to embrace it and let it go. Well, you are definitely doing that, and I
1: admire it, and I connect with it. I'm a subscriber, of course, and, you
2: know. Thank you. um, (laughs) um, Same to you. I love your channel and how you are able to, like, talk and interpret and just show things in a different perspective and in a really kind way too. Like sometimes I'm a little bit tough on people. So it's nice that there's a little bit more of a gentle force out there.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we each have what we have, but we all need the, you know, there's times I need that, uh, that Mel kicking the pants that cuts through the sheets. It's like, yeah, well, you know what, that's bullshit. So, but how about it? Oh, it's like, Oh, you're right.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: I have a couple of good friends in my crew who can do that same thing and cut to the chase. And I'm always like, well, you know, (laughs) you know, the gentle, whatever. It's
2: like, okay. (laughs) You know, everybody has their application in this world. And there's definitely times that we need that gentle force. And we also need the kick in the ass. So, (laughs) right, right.
1: And on your channel, uh, have you started doing card readings on your channel? Yeah, I know you've, we've talked about it on the side, and I don't think I've seen more than a couple where you're pulling cards.
2: I did it a very long time ago, and while I enjoy doing the card readings, I just – it's a, its that extra time commitment that I do, you know, and I, I – Usually when I'm making a video, it's really random. It's on the fly. It's not planned. It's like, oh, this thought just popped into my head. I should record about it. And then I do. And so the process of, like, getting out the cards, cleansing the cards, and doing all of that extra stuff, I just, it's too hard to walk up the stairs one more time. (laughs) (laughs) I know, that's right. (laughs) Do you see yourself making um, any more
1: spiritual tools like your col- you have a coloring book, right?
2: Yep, I did uh, the Naked Lady Mandala's workbook back in I think I want to say
0: 2021
2: uh, Yeah because my friend Sophie was the one to do the graphic design for all of the pictures. Her name is at Salt Hippie if anyone wants to go check her out she used to make fabulous dream catchers and now she does intuitive art Uh, She was a big life changer in my life, Um, a wonderful catalytic person to kind of give you the swift kick in the butt that you need sometimes, but she definitely (laughs) helped design the workbook and uh, people through writing, which is very hard to do, I struggled a lot trying to put into words what is so easily spoken for me, but to teach people the process of mandala, what mandala meant to me, um, how it helped me and shaped my life, and then it gives 10 pages of stencils so that it's like uh, the sacred geometry stencils, I call them, or the skeleton of the mandala. And then you're able to build and grow the shapes from there. I sold, I have one book left and I haven't ordered more. Uh, just cause I, I don't, I don't know if it's, there's a sphere holding me back or what it is, but I am just trying to go with the flow of things. And, um, there's already people wanting more the classes that I've been doing in the last couple of months have been very successful. And so I think the draw of mandala is definitely growing the conscious meditation, the healing that comes from it. Um, I did, so I did the workbook and then I did stickers, but uh, yeah, I'd, I don't know. Like it, I feel like I need to do more, but then I ask God when I need. Well, how am I going to get more time to do these things? <laughs> There's not enough time in the day.
1: <laughs> you, you need one of those things Hermione Granger has that allowed her to take two classes at the same time.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. I need another Mama Mel working around. <laughs>
1: right, right. Well, I just, I guess, I feel like it's the. It's, I can see it. I don't know what it is, what the tool is, but I, I, I see it.
0: <laughs>
1: so I, yeah, okay, it's not time for it to merge yet, but I definitely know there's a, a divinatory, something that's going to be a spiritual access pathway through your art, I- um, personal way.
2: I think it has something to do with doing, like, another grouping of mandala stencils, but also pairing it with some of the nature photography I've been doing Mm. and a little bit of the poetry that I've been writing. So it might be a a different book compared to the previous one that was, like, the basic workbook. And then it pairs with, in the back of the workbook, there is a QR code so that you're able to go to how to learn to draw the mandala. Um, on the YouTube channel, and then you directly link to there, and it takes you through step by step. And then there's another video that I did after the book came out of, like, how to draw the sacred geometry circles. Um, Mm -hmm. So that – my mind is blanking. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) I mean, like you said, there's no lines. There's no boundaries on all the things that you can expand into, clearly. Uh, exactly. You know, and same for everybody. Endless, uh, with what you can do and what spirit is going to do with the gifts that are emerging, and you're not done yet, like emerging into new ways of serving with yourself. And like so, can people contact you for spiritual coaching or guidance or session-based services or or like? What do you
2: offer, like, an individual person such as myself? I would love to offer spiritual coaching services. It would be donation-based. I'm not going to ask any type of monetary donation because I, if people want to do that type of energetic exchange, great. If they would like to do a trade, great. I love trading and bartering because guess what? The government can't take your money when you trade and barter. <laughs> they hands off. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite forms of energy exchange is because like I did a mandala on a hand pan drum and I haven't shared the pictures yet um, because the dude was giving it to his wife for her birthday. And so I didn't want to spoil the surprise, but I traded him to tune our piano and getting your piano was oh. like $200 plus. And so nice. that was like the perfect energy exchange because the government's not touching his deal on the one end and it's not touching my deal. so. <laughs> right. If people want spiritual services, I'm all about that. I've um, offered coaching and advice and spiritual insight for years for people. It's just always been an energetic exchange in one way or another.
1: What about your mandala pieces? Are Do you have a shop or do you commission or, like, how, how does that work?
2: I did do um, an Etsy shop at one point. But the way that that all works is that I have to put a dollar amount on something sacred and something spiritual. And that is very hard for me to do. It's not possible through Etsy to do like a donation based thing. So with that, um, I kind of stopped selling. I stopped doing markets. I stopped really like putting the artwork out there for sale. And I basically just started giving it away to people. (laughs) Uh, there's a couple pieces that I've kept that I really love. So in my YouTube videos, there's a lot of a big giant purple mandala that we've now put up in our kitchen. Um, and there's an orange one that's up in our living room. And then another one that my friend Sophie did, but pretty much all of the other mandalas I've done are just fair game. And when I feel like I'm supposed to give it away, I give it away. Uh, the seashell thing, I might do like a, I don't know, have, 20 slots available and I could make 20 seashells because I was thinking about that today. That's one of my favorite canvases to work on is a seashell because it's portable. You could take it with you. It's, uh, it's a gift from God and it's a gift from nature and Mother Gaia and it is a gift for us to experience. And it also like brings back a little bit of the color and vibrancy that these shells used to exhibit before our waters became so polluted and before all Mm -hmm. of the dredging and the shrimping and the trawlers and all of these things, I feel like that's a big reason why these shells wash up in such consistency and frequency is because of the damage we do do to the environment. And Mm -hmm. so to be able to pass that off to people as a reminder of like the gift that we're living, that might be something that I do that like it costs 30 or $40, but then it, it pays for my time because it doesn't take as much time for me to do those, and it feels like an equal energetic exchange at that point, whereas the hand-painted canvases that I do take sometimes 50 or 60 hours, and mm-hmm. I know folks are hurting financially at this point in the ball game with inflation and everything, that I can't expect them to pay $10,000 for a painting, you know what I mean? Right. So... Seashells might be where it's at in the future. Um as for wall murals, I I've been paid for one wall mural that I've done. The rest have been donation or on my own walls in my own home. And uh the wall mural so do you remember last year's wall mural mm-hmm. on the back porch and I painted mm-hmm. over it. Today was the anniversary date I of saw that, that and I was like. How cool so, is it? This is a, like full moon in Virgo, and it is the day that I painted over that ginormous mandala mural. Well, I mean, share the, share the backstory for our
1: listeners. You know, uh, this, this is how many foot by how many foot was this
2: mandala? It was nine feet across in diameter, so it was nine feet top to bottom, side to side, and uh, I had this crazy uncomfortable relationship with a neighbor based on me not wanting to put a leash on my dog who was crippled with arthritis, could barely walk, and was the happiest, kindest dog to anybody and everybody he ever met. And so putting a leash on him, it just felt redundant because he could barely move. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we had these interactions. She turned me into the HOA. She was not kind. She'd say nasty things when I was walking him. It was just very uncomfortable relationship. I ended up writing a song about her, and one day standing (laughs) to her, she didn't know. She didn't know it was about her. I should call it Miss Sandy, and then she'll always know. But uh, (laughs) she was this, like, conflict in our life when Huckleberry was alive, and so Huckleberry passed on when he was 12, May 26th that was the full moon in uh Scorpio that year the day after and uh he passed on and I had such grief and such a hole in my heart from his passing for years I'd cared for him as this hospice patient and I made him smoothies with wheatgrass powder in them and gave him like all every meal that we had he had his own plate that I'd cook for him <laughs> so he was spoiled rotten and loved beyond all measure, and when he disappeared from my life, it was an empty hole in my soul, and I grieved so hard and was so angry and frustrated, and finally, one day, I was like, I'm going to paint for Huckleberry, and I'm going to paint a giant mural, and it's going to help me heal from not having him in my life anymore and take up the time that I had spent all that time caring for him. And then I was no longer, like, I had nothing else to do. And so I was like, I'm just going to paint. And so I started painting, and this mural took off in size. I didn't realize, like, how it was going to grow so huge. And my girls helped me. Each color that I chose for the mural was chosen by one of our family members. So mine was dark purple. Lily's was the light purple. Lulu was teal. Scarlet was this bright hot rod pink color. And we chose Chris's color to be green and then um navy blue was huckleberry and so each color was intertwined and touching each other because we were all this big family and as Mm -hmm. I was painting it I knew that the HOA would find out and there would be some big stink about it and I figured it would happen early on like I'd get caught and I'd have to cover it up and it wouldn't be this big deal and then, like, a month went by and nobody said anything. And two months went by and nobody said anything. And I was like, well, shoot, this thing's here to stay. Like, this is awesome. And so I just painted more and more and more and more, and I kept painting. And then I got to this point where I think winter came and it just was really cold out there. We get a northeast wind coming off the water, and so it would be, like, 45 degrees, just blustery. And I stopped painting throughout the winter. And... Um, We got the notice in February of last year, you have two weeks to remove this. You are not allowed to do anything Mm -hmm. to the exterior of the building. The exterior of the building is owned by the HOA, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, Miss Sandy, she turned me into that
0: HOA. (laughs) (laughs) Again, she's had pictures.
2: This person had taken pictures of the wall mural. And the crazy thing was, it was beautiful. It was
0: was Mm -hmm. gorgeous.
2: Yeah, we would have people walking to the pool while I was painting and the kids would stop and stare and they were so excited and they'd be like, mommy, can we come back and see it tomorrow?
1: Mm-hmm. And they just,
2: it brought so much joy to the community. It was very exciting. And, uh, I got the notice and man, I was angry. I really, cause eight months oh, yeah, later,
0: would,
2: <laughs> it was eight months. Like you, you lasted this long. Nobody cared and now you care. But, uh, we I decided I was like I just got to do it they're going to charge us three grand if I don't do it and so it took me a total of like maybe 40 minutes to paint over Mm -hmm. it Mm
1: -hmm. which
2: blew my mind because it took probably over 100 hours to put it up there
1: right but
2: uh I had shingles right so they got they gave us the notice and I think I found out I had shingles like two days after the notice And I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand on my leg. It was very painful with the nerve-ending pain and um, constant burning and fire. And so I was in bed with heat packs to help myself. And then uh, after shingles healed enough that I could stand long enough to paint, I got hit with this terrible stomach virus. And I hadn't had a stomach virus in years. (laughs) I was like, what is going on? And finally, it was the day before I had to, like, the final day that I had to do it, and uh, I woke up, and I put in probably three hours, and then the next day, I did the extra three hours, and then painted over it right after, I don't even think the paint was fully dry that I painted over, but I finished it, completed it, and painted (coughs) over it, let it go, and said goodbye to Huckleberry, kind of a final time, and He's still with me, of course, but Mm
0: -hmm. it
2: was a healing project that needed to happen that also was not permanent and was never meant to be permanent, in which mandalas I don't believe are meant to be permanent because life is ever-changing. Nothing is permanent, and the only thing that is permanent is that it's going to change. So with Mm -hmm. that perspective, it made it easier to let it go. And so it was definitely kind of... I won't say
1: awe-inspiring because awe isn't the right word, but it definitely gave one a pause of reverence, really, as I watched the time-lapse of it disappearing back into a blank canvas, so to speak, and recognizing all those individual lines that were just, merged when you slapped that, co- you know, it was very much like a. oh, uh, you had to pause and reverence the moment
2: <laughs> to, to yep. honor what was created
1: and what was undone in the same
2: breath, you know. Yeah. And that video of the time lapse, that was like the icing on the cake of the whole situation because even though they forced me to paint over it and while I did the time lapse of it, I was like screw them, like I'm gonna be painting this mandala forever on social media and it's gonna look like I just swished it up there and they can't take this away from me and no matter how much they wanna to try to hurt me or bring me down or whatever it is, like it can't happen and I'm gonna find the positive light in this. And I found out that the like I figured I felt that the video was like the prize at the end of it almost because it's so cool to watch it just, like, swish, 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 swish on, and it mm-hmm. looks like I painted it that way. I've shown it to so many people, and they're like, are you painting it like that? Like, how right. are you doing this? And I have right. to tell them it's reverse.
1: <laughs> right. Very different. But, I mean, uh, the process of creation, right, Of mandala starts with the center point of possibility, and then what shape it takes it really is a beautiful lesson to say that we have the ability to direct that in a way that can be, that something beautiful and infinite is going to be able to emerge and that we all have that ability within is something that you have nakedly been showing us. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. And,
2: uh, The other thing I wanted to say too with mandala and one of the biggest lessons I've learned from it was to break the habit of perfectionism and break the need for control. And whenever I made a mistake within the mandala and it will be like a slip of the pen or I use these paint pens and sometimes it just pours a huge puddle on whatever I'm doing. And I have to, like, sit there and stare at it. And it feels so relevant to life where accidents happen, mistakes happen, problems happen, things arise that you're not expecting. And you have to sit there and, like, figure it out and decide which way to go. And it ends up, I swear, every time that those accidents, those mishaps, those mistakes within the mandala, and I feel like this is true for life, end up being like one of the most important parts of the journey and Mm -hmm. that's like the thing that people focus on they're like wow I love what you did with that pattern and I'm like well that was created by a total accident and I hated it for like 30 (laughs) hours after I was painting it and trying to figure out how to fix it and it just it's a mirror image and reflection of life. Um, overcoming our mistakes, overcoming our accidents. And that's also part of, like, the naked sharing of the journey is mm-hmm. that we got we to gotta be honest and truthful. And that was, like, really taboo in my family. You didn't talk about what happened behind closed doors and, like, going crazy and off the walls and stuff. So that's also part of bearing my naked soul is I don't ever want to be told, you shouldn't talk about that. We should talk about it because it's going to help it stop it from happening, you know?
1: Right. Right. I mean, life was messy. I did these things. They turned out like this.
2: No judgment. They were
1: what they were. Uh, Were they difficult? Yes. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I I know you're doing your daughters a service by allowing them to see you be strong and vulnerable and be authentic, say, you know, this is who I am, and I'm not going to reshape myself or quiet myself or clothe myself to become acceptable to you. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, My you nose know. is running. Sorry. (laughs) No problem. Um, Nakedladymandalas.com, right? No, I actually don't have a website.
2: (laughs) Okay, so it's just Instagram and you're not on Facebook, right? I quit Facebook. I am just on Mm -hmm. Instagram. And I do have like the, I own the website of nakedladies.com, but it was too hard to design a website and be a parent, and so I just gave up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anybody in the listening audience who's ready to do an energy exchange for a website design and a mandala something or other challenges out there, universe, let's see what vibrates back to make an energetic match.
2: Heck, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So. Tomorrow on the Vibrarian YouTube channel, I have In the Cards with the Vibrarian. It's my conversation about everything dealing with tarot and oracle cards. And Melanie are, and I are going to be talking shop. And the deck that we're going to be featuring is one that I don't own, but you own it and so what is that deck do you uh remember not to put you on the spot but you have
2: (laughs) the name of the deck i know it (laughs) it's the mandala healing oracle (laughs) yes how perfect was that right so i saw
1: this deck and it said i actually was like maybe you had a deck already and i think i didn't want to offend you you know, but it was like, well, Spirit said this would be the perfect resource for you. So the librarian went ahead and pulled the trigger and sent it. And so tomorrow we're going to hear about your experience using the deck and see some of the images. And also if you would have some of your, any of your mandala pieces available to share on camera as well. Of course, we we'll would love. And I'll be sharing my seashell uh too, with uh anyone who joins us, that's at eight o'clock eastern time on the library YouTube channel and Woo-hoo. yes, what else do you have any um workshops, events, concerts singing that you're willing to put on the public calendar?
2: So I will be singing every night here, or every night, every Saturday night um, here at the beach. It's a restaurant called Tale of the Whale, and I'll be there Saturdays from 4.30 to 8.30 throughout the summer. Uh, There might be one weekend that I miss because of traveling, but then I'll also be picking up a second gig at the 1587 restaurant in Manteo, I believe... I'll have to look through my calendar real quick. Uh, April, that's coming up. April April 7th and April 15th, as well as May 13th, we'll be doing music at the
1: 1587. And these um, are in you know, Outer Banks, North Carolina, or where?
2: Yep, Outer Banks, North Carolina. They're a collection of islands on the eastern coast of North Carolina. And uh, Nags Head is pretty central to the northern Outer Banks. And Manteo is on an island right across the bridge from Nags Head. So they're within 30 minutes. Hmm? Yeah, if
1: you're summer in there, if you're going to the beach for summertime and you want to get your family on that health tip while you're there, the
2: uh, surf, Side Juice Co., right? Yep, Side Juice Company. We will also be featured in the farmer's markets um, in Secatán and Wanchies every Saturday throughout the summer, as well as every Wednesday at Island Roanoke Farm, I believe. Um, and we'll be featuring our juices there for people to be able to come and purchase.
1: Yum. Okay. And then in the fall, look for some beautiful program. We're going to be putting together uh, mandalas, mantras, and medicine, and meditation, and all the magical M letters. We're going to be putting something together along with our dear sister Shannon, also known as Heaven to Earth 1111, for a consciously elevating getaway weekend in nature, connecting with self and with uh, the mandalas as a form of expression. And it's going
2: to be awesome. So stay tuned for that, right? I'm so excited. And the funny thing with all of the M's, I always wanted to have a restaurant that was like mandalas, music, magic, and more. And that people (laughs) would say, oh, you wanted to go out to the M tonight and Mm -hmm. have that be like the Mm -hmm. theme. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you want to go to the mmm?
1: I love it. Well, Melanie, I just thank you for sharing your story and for being naked uh, and, of course, being able to see you. That's one of the positive things about the social connectedness is being able to be introduced to your energy, to stay connected with you, and to then have that morph into a personal supportive connection of sisterhood and spirit and community has been something that I think is a perk, one of the bonuses of this life that uh,
2: makes me very happy. (laughs) Yes, there's times that I'm very, like, angry about what technology has done for people because we don't notice the nature as much. But one of the benefits of technology is that we are all connected much easier than it was before. And I wouldn't be who I am today without you, Joel. So I just want to give my big thanks and gratitude to you because there are many times that I've been on this journey where you just knew to send me something, and boy, did it resonate oh, and you, that's, my path. That spirit
1: all the way, you know. I don't even claim credit for that. I know I get a message. It's like, oh, let me send this, okay? Because it's like I'm walking in Mexico, uh, down the streets of Playa del Carmen. And as we're talking on the phone, I stroll by this wall-sized mural that says mandalas, and it's a club. And I'm like, let me pause this conversation real quick just to take a picture. Now you. you're not gonna believe this. And you're like, oh my god! Right? No, I
2: you definitely. You have to take credit because you listened to spirit and you took what was being asked of you and you then did something with it. And so do take credit for reaching out all of those times. And I just truly appreciate our friendship and the communication that we are capable of having because of this technology. So thank you, Joelle. (laughs)
1: You're very welcome Now I do have somebody Let me pause here because we do have more time And I have somebody on the phone lines Who has raised their hand to come on And ask a question It might be a psychic reading question So Melanie, you know, I know you'll Let spirit flow with whatever answer You have And uh, anybody who's waiting on the phone lines That wants to come on there, understand Disclaimer moment Your reading and conversation is happening In public space Oh, oh, the person disconnected. Okay. Oh, Maybe no,
0: will... no. Sometimes
1: they press the one key in air and don't realize that they're wanting, that it's letting me know to bring them on. So uh, they drop. That's two calls that were waiting at different times with their hand raised that dropped. But thank you for tuning in to those of you who listened. And so do you have any final sage words of advice for people about uh you know stepping into
2: your gifts on this journey never say never because it will definitely happen (laughs) (laughs) and embrace the journey and embrace the flow and i am truly a believer that like we are exactly where we are meant to be in the moment that we are there and Mm. um When you accept that and embrace that, it definitely helps you live a much happier life instead of always wanting to be somewhere else or do something else. If you just embrace the now, the rest unfolds. And all of the things that I desperately wanted and wished for, they have all come true. It just happened when it needed to. So put out Mm -hmm. your manifestations and put out your dreams into the universe and the ethers so that the universe and God can be your co-creator and help you create your dream life and your reality. So that's what I have to put out there. Mm-hmm. And snaps and finger snaps
1: and ashe and amen. I <laughs> put it <Yes>. out there. <laughs> well, so yes. This yes, is, This has been the Psychic Inside Show. I'm Joelle, the Vibrarian. I've been talking with Melanie Brewer, Naked Lady Mandalas. Uh, Tune in every Tuesday on Blog Talk. Next week, my guest is Pat Lynn. Pat is a QHHT, that's quantum healing hypnosis therapy or technique. Uh, It's a method founded by Dolores Cannon, and it is a way of interacting with the higher self and superconsciousness through a hypnosis session to access wisdom and guidance pretty cool stuff. And Pat's journey has been amazing. It took him from a very traditional corporate life with UPS to doing what he's doing now. And the following week is going to be Micah Sage, Micah Sage Tarot. Uh, We're going to talk about their awakening and transformation. And the week after that is Caroline Lusky- she is a pet communicator and psychic uh medium who it's amazing. She talks with the pets from beyond like bit, and is also a numerologist and a pendulum divinatory just guru. She's amazing. So I love having these conversations and tonight has been no different. It's been an absolute pleasure. Melly, thank you for blessing me with this time.
2: And thank you for having me, Joelle. I've had a really wonderful time, and I can't wait to tune in for the future shows. I always learn something so awesome when I listen. I know. I love you're always there in
1: tribe, and I really appreciate that. So to each of you this week, I hope that you have all the blessings that you could possibly, possibly, possibly receive, and that they just spill out from your arms to bless the world around you. Uh, Lighting me, seas
2: honors and loves the light in you namaste peace love and namaste amen my friends
0: <laughs> you've been listening to the psychic inside show with Joel the vibrarian if it's in the psychic realm it's our passion we hope you've enjoyed the show If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Vibrarian. And on YouTube at The Vibrary. The show airs on Tuesdays at 8 Eastern on The Vibrary Radio Network. See you next week on The Psychic Inside Show. Eating Plus.